So what's up, everybody? How you doing? It's been a while. How are you doing? Check it out. Weirdest thing just happened while everything was going on right now. Like, it was kind of windy and nasty looking. It's just like a hurricane out there right now. It's crazy. So um, the reason I say that is because tonight we start summer at Refuge. And uh, I know for some of you, um, you guys have been summer break for a while. But summer at Refuge looks a little different. You might have seen a card in your seat. Um, what we do is we, we don't have small groups. We basically, I'm going to talk for a little bit, and then we're going to sing a couple more songs. And then the plan was that we were going to go... Um, to the park, but it is seriously like really gnarly out there. So we'll play it by ear. We'll see. Maybe at the end it'll it'll all be good. It'll just be all muddy on the volleyball court, but that could actually be kind of cool. At least it's not like freezing rain. Freezing rain is terrible. Uh, I'm 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 super. It's been a crazy uh, week. Um, Micah's gonna talk about this later. I'm stealing all Micah's announcements. But we've been working this fireworks booth. If you don't buy fireworks from us, then I hate you. No, I don't. Um, but we've, it's been crazy. Has anyone ever worked a fireworks booth before? Man, it's, it's craziness. Um, and so anyways, I'm like crazy all over the place tonight, ADD, so bear with me. But uh, here's the deal. For tonight, we are going to be starting this kind of series called Summer Refuge. And what the plan is, is for the next several weeks as we track through the summer, we are going to be studying parables of Jesus. Um, and tonight, and, and, and we're going to get some, some notes card thingies. Guys, you can guys hand those out. Because um, here's the deal. Over the next few weeks, as we look at parables, we really want it to be like interactive and like you guys really take notes. Because here's what I've learned, and maybe you know this. If you seriously don't write something down, you forget it in like two days, right? Unless it's like song lyrics. For whatever reason, you can memorize like a million songs. Have you guys ever thought about how many songs you've memorized? It's crazy. Like literally, you're like, dang, I really know. Like you probably, everyone in the room probably knows a hundred songs. Maybe? hundred? That, you think more? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least 100. Um, anyways, here's the point is we really want, so everyone's got a pen. Everyone's going to get one of these. Hey, we're not forcing you to do anything. No, Jeff's not going to be like looking at you and like getting ready to punch you in the face if you're not taking notes. But we're just going to give you these every week of this summer because um, we feel like it's very important and very beneficial for you to take some notes. So um, it's got kind of what the plan is for tonight. It's the parables of Jesus. And then tonight we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. Uh, which we'll get to in a minute, but tonight is going to be very interactive. The next several weeks are going to be very interactive, and uh, so let's start that off, and that's what I mean by this, is when I ask a question, don't be afraid to shout out the answer, or raise your hand if you want, but just just answer the question, because I really want some feedback. So um, to start it off, to test you guys, see, we're going to die. We're just going to stay in here all night. Anyways, who got scared? Seriously, is that happening? I'm all over the place tonight. This is going to be crazy. Okay. Um, anybody know what a parable is? Raise your hand. Parables. And, 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 hey, if you have the wrong answer, it's totally cool. Just don't even raise your hand, actually. Just shout it out. What is a parable? Story. A story. Okay, I like that. Anybody else? Anyone else got a short story? Anyone else got something? Um, okay, okay. Awesome. Nice. All right, yeah, a parable is a story. Yes, I like that, a story that teaches a lesson. I really like that definition. Um, The definition we're going to give is um, basically it's a small story with big significance, like a small story with huge significance. Uh, Jesus told a lot of parables. We're going to be looking at some of those um, over the next few weeks, but Jesus' parables were like small little stories about random things, and then he like changed it and made it like huge kingdom of God, big God stuff. 
Like you talk about a little mustard seed, which I don't know, I've still never seen a mustard seed. Are mustard seeds common? Is that? Are they, are they like the smallest seed on the planters? Okay, well, whatever. We got mustard seeds, and he's like talking about plants and trees, and then all of a sudden he, he flips it over, and it's like this huge, this huge thing, right? Um, and so, yeah, Jesus tells these stories that are small, but you have huge significance. And so tonight we are going to be looking at one of those. And sometimes it's awesome. Uh, Jesus sometimes doesn't make any sense at all. Like some, maybe, maybe you're like discouraged because when you read the Bible, you're like, I don't understand that. Sometimes like people who heard Jesus talking were like, what'd he say? And it's like, by the way, Cars 2, anyone seen it? It's really good. Um, and I was just kind of trying to do my best Tom Mater, however you say it. Why... Tomater, why is every dumb person always from the South? Just saying. Has anyone ever noticed that? I'm just saying every person, every person that they try to make look stupid is always like, he didn't want to cut. Like, he's like, you know what I mean? Like, why, why do they have to be from the South? Why couldn't they just be normal? Like, not that Southern people aren't normal. I'm friendly. That's why Tomater is just crazy friendly. That's what it is. He's, he's extremely moronic as well. But um, anyways, it's a great movie. But uh, yeah, so these people are like Telmater, where they're just like, Jesus is talking to all these people. And sometimes he, walk, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he walks away. And like, people are like, what did he say? And then later, like, he gets a group of people together and says, here's what, I, what I'm talking about. Here's the reason. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Um, and the reason I think that is because... Um, sometimes it's okay to be like, it's good and healthy to like hear something about Jesus or hear something or read something. And you're like, what? Like if we could figure out God and put him in a box, he wouldn't really be God. And so please, and the point of me saying this is be encouraged. Sometimes reading the Bible, I'm like, dude, what is that talking about? And yeah, we could say, God, show me that. But sometimes here's the deal. God's not going to show you everything about God because he's not really into showing him every single thing about himself because we can't figure out God. And so tonight, that's what we're talking about. Um, there's this story where he basically tells this parable, and people are kind of like, what is, he, what is he saying? And then later on, he explains it. Sometimes, he doesn't explain it. Sometimes, Jesus is telling stories, and he doesn't explain them, and it's okay. And you read it, and you say, God, I trust that you're God, and uh, sure, whatever you're saying in this weird parable thing. Um, but the parable of the sower is where we're at tonight, and that's kind of one of those weird, doesn't make sense, but then he explains it. Um, if you have your Bible, turn it open to Luke chapter 8. The parable of the sower is one of those stories that we actually find in um, the first three books of the Bible. Does anyone know what those are? First three books? And that was my bad. The first three books of the New Testament? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would I would be like way off. Like, yeah, Jesus in Genesis is talking about the parable of the sower. No. Um, in the New Testament, yeah, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the parable of the sower, we find that in all. And basically that means Matthew, Mark, and Luke all witnessed Jesus telling this story. And then they, the Holy Spirit through them, wrote this story down. And we're going we're gonna to pick up in Luke's one. Um, that's why we're in Luke 8. And here's what it says. It's going to be on the screen. Super, super simple tonight. Jesus says a bunch of things, and then he explains it. So if you don't understand it, that's okay. We're going to get to the explanation in a minute. Um, Verse 4 says this. Verse 4 through 8 is where we're at. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer, this is a story. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Verse 6, other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. 
Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked it out, uh, grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Eight, still other seed fell in fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So you got to picture this. Jesus, like people are starting to follow this guy. There's this huge crowd of people. And Jesus starts talking about farming, right? We kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, that's kind of weird. But he met them where they were. These people knew about farming. And here's the story. Um, He's saying, okay, there's a farmer. And back then you had like a field and then a path and then a field and then a path. And the farmers, they didn't have like these cool machines that threw a bunch of seed and like made sure it all went on the good soil. The farmers back then would walk down these paths with this bag around them and they would just grab some seed and just chuck it. Like just, okay, hope it goes somewhere good. And they would just walk around chucking all this seed. And so Jesus is telling the story. I say, look, when the farmer does that, some of it's going to end up back on the path. That's what the first one is. Some of it's going to end up in the rocky areas where it might grow for a second, but then it's going to die. Some of it might end up in an area where it starts to grow, but then there's some thorns around it. And then some of it's going to end up on good soil and it's going to grow and produce a crop. And so, it, it, again, Tomater is like, what's he talking about farming for? And so it's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Uh, we, we, we've lived that. We've seen that. Like we are farmers and we, or we know farmers, and that's what happens. Some goes here, some goes there, here. Some ends up producing a, a crop. And so that's it. And Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he walks away. What if I just said that tonight? Like, I was just like, I just sang a song up here, and then I got off stage. You guys would be like, okay, what is happening right now? Uh, that's what happened. Jesus, thousands of people are here, and Jesus is like, talks about farming, and then says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he walks away. She's just like, just imagine all the people like, what's happening? He's gone. He didn't explain nothing. So later on, we, we skip a few verses down, and later on he picks up in verse 11, and to a small group of his followers, he explains it. And so this is this kind of weird mystery of, of God that is good, and we, we should celebrate that. In verse 11, he explains the parable. So skip over to that. Um, 8 verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. So finally he says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sense out of this whole thing. The seed is God's word. Like, okay. Maybe I know where you're going with this. 12, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So there's the, the, the seed that fell on the footpath. He explains that, verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. So there's the ones that fell on the rock. He's saying, these are, are people. This, we're not talking about plants, we're talking about people. And this is what, the, 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 when the word of God, the gospel sets on the rocks, here's what it means. Um, verse 14, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So they never grow into maturity. So he takes the third one and says, the ones that grew up by the thorns, this is what, what I meant. Verse 15, um, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And so here's, here's the plan tonight. We're going to look at two people. And then next week, we're going to continue the story and look at two more people. But that's what it is. He tells a story about farming. And there's the, there's the seed that falls on a path, the seed that falls on the rocks, the seed that falls on the plants that have uh, thorns all over them, and then the seed that falls on the good soil. And he says, these are four people. And so tonight, as we just talk through the first two, and we're going to finish the next week, um, 
be thinking about that. Man, here's the, the, the reality is that one of, we, we all fall in one of those four categories. Somewhere in, in there, we, are, we fall in one of those four categories. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. I say, all these people that I talk to, all of you that I'm explaining this to, everybody falls in one of these four categories. And so here, here's, I don't know about, a lot about gardening um, at all. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. And uh, like, if you told me to go plant a garden and gave me like the tools, I would like, uh, okay, uh, I don't know what to do with this. I never understood that. The little bags, maybe you know, I'm going off here, um, but the little bags that have like seeds, is that just like you're supposed to just put those in dirt and, and just... Someone's not from the south and I don't talk like this. Um, yeah, I don't, that's weird to me, but whatever. Uh, my grandma, why are grandmas always good at gardening? She's got like this sick garden and it's got like, she's like, Scott, do you want a radish? And it's like, yeah, from where? And she's like, from the ground. It's like, wow, okay, grandma, you're crazy. Um, so here's the deal. Tonight I want to I look at two people. Next we're going to look at two people. And, and here's, as we look at these people, here's the, the plan. I want to look at, I want to ask two questions. Again, we're trying to process through this and ask questions of these um, Two questions I want to ask. One, who are these people? Who are the people? Um, Jesus says, here's this person, this person. Who are they? What are they like? What do we learn about them? And second is, what do they need? I think Jesus wasn't just, this wasn't just an information overload in, 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 to, to all these people. He wasn't just trying to fill them with information. He was trying to get to a point of saying, here's who these people are and here's what they need. And so um, tonight, let's look at the first person. I, we named them all too, or I did. It's kind of fun. I was just like, what can I name these people? Um, so not like Scott. I didn't name them like that. That'd be weird. Um, but I named them like their characteristics. So um, if you're taking notes, but I hope you are, write down the first person. The first person, the one that fell on the, the path. Um, I believe we can call this person the ignorer. Oh, that was awesome. That was a good cue right there. The ignorer. <laughs> The ignorer, we find him in verse 5 through 12, um, or at 5 and 12. Here's what the parable that Jesus said to all the people about the ignorer. He said, a farmer went out to plant a seed. He scattered across his field. Some, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. That's all we know about that in verse 5. He explains it in verse 12. He said, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. I love at the end of this passage where Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but sometimes as you read the Bible, you learn that sometimes people don't have ears to hear. And I think you guys can kind of relate to that because at one point I did not have ears to hear. And if you are a Christian tonight, at one point you did not have ears to hear. Until I was 16 years old, I was totally turned off to the gospel. I was totally turned, I don't care. Man, anybody could have come up to me with a Bible and said the gospel, I didn't care. But for whatever reason, at a certain point in time when I was 17 years old, God opened my ears. And so when we hear, hear as ears to hear, and we read of this footpath guy, the guy on the footpath where the seed, it doesn't even, the birds come to eat it and, and, and it says the devil takes it away. It's like, wait, what's the deal? There are people and you know them and I know them and maybe you are one of them. There are people that just ignore the gospel. They don't care about God. They don't want to know about God. They don't want to care or love God or be with God or whatever. They don't, they don't care. Um, and in God's sovereignty, we would say, man, that person, their heart is hard. They don't, maybe don't have ears to hear the gospel. Maybe they will eventually. Maybe they won't. 
They just don't, they are so opposed to Jesus. They are so opposed to the things of God. I mean, you can tell them until you're blue in the face, and I hope that we are. But man, they don't, they don't care. That's what this guy, this guy is, that the ignorer. Jesus says, man, there are people that are lost. There are people that don't know God, and they never will. Maybe they will later, but some people, they'll, they'll never be found. And so Jesus um, says, man, that is the guy on the footpath. There are people, and I've seen this because I'm on Facebook, and a lot of you are. Um, a lot of you guys come back from camp, and it's, 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 it's a bummer, but it's kind of eye-opening. We come back from camp, and we put on our wall like, all this stuff about Jesus. And we put on our wall, maybe we put some Bible verses on our wall, or we say, man, God really used camp in my life. And you see, and, and you guys experience this as people who have the courage to put them on Facebook, which, by the way, I think it takes a lot of courage. Um, you see the way people tear that up, right? You, you post that on Facebook, and you got your friends that say, stop preaching. Or you got your friends that say, shut up about God. And we would say, and I don't know your friends. I'm not saying your friends are lost or anything, but some of them are. And you, and you see that when you put that stuff on Facebook, man, people are ignoring God. They don't care about God. They don't want to hear your cool stories from camp. And some of you have faced that. Some of you have faced that in a real hard way, especially maybe if you just became a Christian recently. Now, you've seen these people. You, you've witnessed these people that ignore God and don't want anything to do with you or the gospel. Um, when I first became a Christian, it was weird because I had all these friends. Every single Friday and Saturday night, me and my friends would hang out. Every night, we had like this group of people that every single time we could, we hung out. And then I became a Christian and everything got weird. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but like, that's okay. Because I, I had ears to hear and I became a Christian and then they had wanted nothing to do with me. They, were, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. And they were ignoring God. And so that, what I think is person number one is the ignorer. And so that's who they are. What do they need? The truth is, is those people need a relationship with Jesus. The people who ignore God, they need a relationship with God. They need a relationship where they can understand. Um, and so the, the, the encouragement for you, if you're, if you're facing that and your friends are that way, man, Pray for your friends. Love your friends. Don't, don't say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, because I've done that, maybe you've done that, especially when I was all zealous and I first became a Christian, I wanted to like walk over with my Bible and hit everyone in the face with it, like, you're doing sin, sinner. And then God kind of taught me, hey, you are still a sinner. You have been saved, but you are a sinner, and you need to love your friends and pray for your friends and walk with your friends. And look, sometimes they're gonna ignore it anyways. But sometimes... God will use you in your friend's life to give them ears to hear. Second person tonight, and then we're done. The second person that we see in this, and this is very significant coming right out of camp. Um, person number one is the ignorer. Person number two is the emo one, okay? This is, this is the emotional one. That's what emo means. That's what it's short for. People are like, whoa. I never knew when people said emo. That's, that's emo, emotional. Um, yay, we learned something at Refuge. The emo one, the emotional one. We find him in verse six. Here's what Jesus says about the emo one. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. In verse 12, I believe, verse 12, he, um, or 13, he explains it. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and they, um, but they fall away when they face temptation. 
This is the person who is overcome by emotion. That, man, maybe it was at camp. Maybe it was at a summer camp this year, last year. Maybe it was at a time when you went to a church service and there was just so much emotion. Like you were so like, oh my goodness, this is like Jesus stuff. And you were so overcome by emotion that when the guy said, raise your hand, and when the guy said, stand up, and when the guy said, pray this prayer, you were like, oh me, please. And you, you did it and you jumped up and you wanted to be a part of it because you were like really in the moment. But then when you get back home or you you know, give it a couple weeks or whatever, you find yourself not really feeling what you felt that night. And you're not really into what you were in at camp or whatever for is for you. And I feel like this is what Jesus is talking about. He says, man, these are the people that kind of understand the benefits of the gospel, but they don't fully understand the relationship with Jesus. They don't fully understand what the message of the gospel is. And here's, don't, don't hear me wrong at all tonight, guys. Um, Because I know as students, man, sometimes we freak out. Like, oh my gosh, am I saved? Or am I like the emo one? Like, am I really a Christian? And listen, if you love Jesus, if you've given your life to God and you say, God, I want a relationship with you and you're walking with God, look, you are a Christian. You are saved by God's grace. Chill out, enjoy it. It's awesome. But the truth is, is Jesus is telling us here about a person who receives it with joy, but as soon as they face temptation, it's gone. Maybe, for, maybe that means as soon as we get back off the bus and we start hanging out with that group of friends we were hanging out with before camp, man, it's gone. It was really that one night when I was really getting into something and then I became a Christian and I stood up and I, and I you know, or, or I went down to the front and I looked at Afshin in the eyes and he did that whole thing where he talked about this is, this is a great decision and, and God is, 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 is going to use you and all the things that he maybe told you guys. But then when we get back, to, we get back from camp, it's kind of like, that was cool. And really, it was a religious experience, not true salvation. And so Jesus here is explaining, look, there's people like that, that those are the people that get saved every single camp, every single camp, because they get overcome by a religious experience. They stand up and they say, God, I want to be a Christian again. Listen, being a Christian is a lifelong journey with God, but it began at one point. It began at one single instance when you said, God, I give you my life. It's not something that we have to, it's not something that we have to be overcome with every single time we get emotional about our relationship with God. And so tonight, as, as, you, as you process that, ask yourself, do you walk with God? Do you know God? Have you, are you always just, every Sunday night is just your religious experience and then you, when you're faced with temptation or when your friends, you know, try to influence you, is it something that you are easily overcome by? And then you come back to refuge to kind of fill up because you need to have a religious experience or, or you can't wait for next year's camp because you feel really close to God at camp. Or is it something that moment by moment, day by day, you just understand I'm walking with God. And sometimes, yeah, man, it's going to seem like I'm closer to God than I was last week. But it's a relationship that lasts. Man, that, that thunder is gnarly. I don't think we're going to the park. I'm sorry. I think we would, like, get electrocuted. So the emotional one, that's who they are. What do they need? The emotional one needs a true understanding of a relationship with Jesus. They need a true understanding that it's not just a religious experience that makes you, you know, a Christian every time you want to become a Christian again. 
that you become a Christian and it's a lifelong journey with God. Jesus is not a genie where your life is jacked and you come to God and say, oh my goodness, I'm overcome by emotion, fix my life. And then as soon as he fixes it, we're just kind of back doing our own thing again. I'm going to invite the band to come up tonight. And that's, that's really, and, and here's what I heard at camp, and, and I want to kind of address it. I heard at camp, the man, refuge is cool and all, but we always just hear the same thing over and over again. It's always just talking about a relationship with God. And listen, I, I can kind of cope with that, I think. Because I, I remember back when I was first trying to figure out my faith, and I really was a baby Christian. And what I mean by that is I'd just become a Christian and there was still a whole bunch of stuff that I was trying to work out the kinks on. And I remember thinking, man, church kind of sounds the same all the time. Like they always kind of say the same stuff that we're just supposed to love God and serve God and, and spend time with God. That was the thing that annoyed me. Like, dang, I mean, I, I had to spend time with God every day. And it's like, now as I've learned and I've, and I've walked and I've grown and, I, and I've got to know God better than I did when I was 17, here's what I've learned. It really is all about that. Like it really is, we, we can try to come up with cool ways to say it and we can try to change things, but I'm not sure that's really what God wants. Because until we actually get it and start living it, that a relationship with Jesus really is like, the overarching theme of your whole life and everything we say is gonna have that all over it, I think God wants us to keep saying that. And man, as we walk with God, we need to, we need to, we need to try to figure out and, and, and ask God, God, I want a genuine, growing relationship with you. And it's not something that we are trying to work and figure out ourselves because that's kind of counterproductive to the Jesus doing the work thing. But it's not you doing all you can to please God because that's not true. You can't. You fail. Like I fail immediately. Let me put an F on the paper. You can't do that. But maybe your prayer tonight as we sing these next songs that we sang at camp and a lot of you guys were there and you know them. Maybe you, maybe you like clung to them at camp. And maybe as we sing these songs, it'll kind of take you back to that emotional time. Let me, let me kind of rephrase that. It's not bad to have a time where you're just emotional before God. That's not bad. That's good. Camp is that. Man, that's been five days just being so poured into where we're tired and we can't think about it anymore and we're just like oh my gosh I'm so overcome with emotion it's when we make decisions based off that emotion that really aren't founded in what's true but it's founded off emotion that's when we get in trouble but maybe these songs that we're going to sing are going to take you back they're going to take you back to Wednesday night at camp or Thursday night at camp when you gave your life to Christ I hope it does and maybe your simple prayer tonight whether you've been walking with Jesus since you were five or you've been walking with Jesus since Thursday at camp Your simple prayer is, God, I want to know you. I want to grow in my relationship with you. Just like we all grow in our relationships with our friends and our families, and I grow in my relationship with my wife, and I know her now better, way better than I did when I met her when I was 17. God, I want to know you more. Next year at camp, I want to know more about you than I did this year walking into camp. I want to know you more. I want to know the things of you more. I want to know about who you are more. God, my simple prayer is that I would have a genuine relationship, friendship, faith in you.
that's the heart as we sing, God, you are all to us. One thing remains that your love never fails. That is, that is my prayer for you. That is my heart for you tonight is that everyone in the room would understand, even if right now you're the ignorer who doesn't care. My prayer is that you would understand at some point, sooner than later, that a relationship with God is the best thing you could ever be a part of. It's the best thing, the most fulfilling thing, the grandest thing in your life that you could ever walk into. So Jesus, thank you for tonight. God, thank you that you give us small stories that speak big truths. That God, we know people in our lives who right now are ignorers. God, maybe there's an ignorer in the room tonight that could care less about the things of God. God, I pray for the emotional one. God, I pray that they would come to an understanding, a true understanding of who you are, that you desire a relationship that's not based off emotion, but it's based off what's true and based off your desire to meet with them and to walk with them. So God, we pray we would sing. We would lift up our hands, lift up our eyes to you tonight. You're worth it, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you guys stand up? We're just gonna lift these songs up tonight as we close.